grassland lovers, this here be the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. This be an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. Now this here be the main show episode where we give our further thoughts of the amazing Once Upon a Time episode we watched last Sunday. Now, if you called in or emailed in, you might be hearing your thoughts in the podcast. So keep a ruddy eye out for it. And now, let's take a closer look at all the Once Upon a Time treasure we found. Here is Captain and First Mate of the Once Upon a Time podcast. And now, Captain... Permission to come aboard? Yes. Permission granted. <laughs> come aboard. Yes. Bring your bees. No. Bring Bring your dogs. Yeah, bring whatever you need. Our uh, our first dog lady is up and about, and I think there'll she be a little is. whining here and there. Mm, so Sadly, yeah. Welcome all to another Once Upon a Time fan podcast. This, there it is. <laughs> this is the main show episode where we uh, discuss more things and we have feedback from all over the place. And we will be diving into the episode named Quiet Minds. This is podcast episode 214. Show notes for this episode can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 214. All right. A lot of stuff happened this week. Yeah. I, stuff I expected and stuff I did not expect. So anyhow, what we will do is we have some news items of which we will go through right now. It's always good to be prepared. And when you don't have prepared, just get a glockenspiel. Just mm-hmm. do that. So we do have some news items. And this was announced really close to, actually, on April Fool's. I was very leery about it, but it does appear that if Once Upon a Time is renewed for a fourth season, Michael Socha, the Knave of Hearts in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, which has been unfortunately canceled, as you are aware, will be a regular season uh, will be a regular i'm sorry will be a series regular on once upon yes. a time and i believe it's pronounced Sokka. okay i know it's spelled socha but it's michael Sokka. all right Sokka. Mm-hmm. Uh, i enjoyed his character i thought he was great yes and i so. love him too thought he was fantastic i hope they actually bring the red queen to anastasia mm-hmm. that'd be awesome this link is from inside tv dot uh, EU or EW Entertainment mm-hmm. So I feel it's fairly legit, I would hope. That would not be nice. No. If it was a joke. It would be very bad if it was a joke. I mean, I, I can't imagine they would report something like that as, as a joke. Yes. All right. So we also want to send congratulations out to Once Upon uh, Anonymous. They raised their $7,000 for their musical episode, their parody episode. Mm-hmm. So congrats to them for that. And uh, I would imagine Aaron and Ace give big thanks to all who donated. So I will relay yeah. that to you. And I would imagine we'll be hearing more from Aaron and maybe from Ace in the future. So Yay. that's a great thing for sure. 
I know that's hard to raise money these days, and they did it. So congrats to them. Uh, now this here be views from the deck. Take it away, Coppin and first mate. Not only views from the deck, but yeah, we'll get to other views on Twitter and things. It's, it's been a very incredibly busy week. Mm-hmm. Things happened this week that I did not expect to happen okay. after the episode. I was very mm-hmm. surprised. All right. So we did rewatch the episode. Yes, we did. I did not get notes from you, so I'll go ahead and kind of trudge into mine. Okay. And then we'll... Sure. Whatever you want to discuss uh, on the second fine. watch. That'd be fine. We will do that. This is what I want. This portion of the episode I want to play, and then I will play my connection that I should have mentioned before, but I did not. Here it is. The Right before the death of uh, Neil, here is that section. Still alive. I hear my father's voice in my head. He's in there. He's in me. He said there was no room. He meant you. I need you to help me. Him up. Use your magic. Separate me and my father. Are you kidding? Then you'll die. I know. Okay. Are you kidding? You will die. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it did remind me, but then here's what it reminded me of from Return of the Jedi. Here it is. Luke, help me take this mask off. But you'll die. Nothing can stop that now. There you go. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a connection for sure. And fathers and sons and death and that mm-hmm. kind of thing all yeah. together. Yeah. All right. We will continue on. The Lumiere's fire bindings, I thought, was kind of interesting. Yeah. We kind of skipped over that part in First Thoughts, yeah. I, I, even though we did notice it and, and I even thought about it. And then I was just so caught up in all the other stuff that um, I missed it. But yeah. It happens. It happens. What was interesting is, so if that's the case... Then clearly she's not the witch you throw water on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe she is, and that's the point. I don't know. It's hard to tell at this point which one she is. But no, um, I thought it was really interesting that Lumiere had the ability to bind her, hold her. It was a temporary hold, but, yes. you know, it was a hold. And I love that he said, you know, Take care of it while while I can you know I can't hold her for much longer. Right, My, he something about uh, conscience. Yeah, don't don't make me regret this right, right. lapse in conscience or something like that. So, what else did it remind you of in Once Upon a Time? Well, it reminded me of the vines that Regina's mm-hmm. put around people right. to hold them. You know, between the you know Hansel and Gretel and um, even Charming at one point. Yes, right. I was actually thinking of Cora. When oh, she restrained, too. when she restrained Regina, but that was with smoke, not fire, so to speak. No, that was with the. Anyhow, she did that, and also Regina uh, bound Maleficent in her castle with mm-hmm. the um, candelabra, the the yeah. lamp that yeah. was coming down. Yeah. So, um, but it also reminded me of Attack of the Clones. There were these kind of blue little bindings that was holding Obi-Wan up. 
when they were questioning him. So that was that. Okay, let's let's dive in a bit to the the death of Neil. We really didn't get a lot of discussion about it. But boy, was there discussion about it. Oh, yeah. Now, the last big death was Graham in season one, which to me was a shock. It was. We never have seen that with a love interest or someone who is part of the cast. Right. Right up front. Right up front. I mean, it's happened. Let's face facts. Lost. They started killing characters off. And the big shocking one for me was Charlie. Right. True. So, I mean, I, I, they had killed other characters before that, right. but we weren't as vested in them as we were in Charlie. But, and I'm, but I'm talking about Once Upon a but Time. again, it, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. Normally, it doesn't happen right away. Mm-hmm. Charlie didn't happen in the first mm-hmm. couple of True. seasons even. So, I mean, you you figure they normally save that kind of stuff for much later in the series and they threw us all for a loop and they killed Graham right off and we're like, wait, wait, what, what? Right. Now, we have seen him since in flashbacks, which has been great. Right. So, you know, I know everyone, well, I shouldn't say everyone. I know a lot of people are really unhappy about Neil being killed off. However. That's an understatement. There's nothing that says he can't come back in flashbacks. True. And so... And I think we even talked about this a little bit. Michael Raymond James, the actor who plays him, is very, very busy right now. And think about it. His character was really not central, key, a focus really much anymore. He was kind of... And I don't mean that in a mean way. I'm just saying he was not the primary focus of of what's going on. Let me read his Twitter post after... His death. Okay. Okay. So this is from M. Raymond James, at M. Raymond James from Twitter. Uh, So hashtag oncers. Mahalo for all the kind words. And you've probably heard this on every Once Upon a Time podcast, but Mm -hmm. here it is again. Um, Mahalo for all the kind words. With so many rumors, I've decided to break radio silence to set the record straight on a few things. One, I did not ask to leave the show, nor was I fired. Neil's death was nothing more than a bold storytelling choice. As an actor, I always want to tell bold stories. Hashtag once upon a time. Number two, I have never in my life trashed, destroyed, or otherwise damaged any trailer whatsoever. That one is ridiculous, and I hate to have to even address it, but there it is. I have made lifelong friends from this show, that work in both in front and behind the camera for I am for that. I am forever grateful. I have nothing but love and the utmost respect for everyone that works on the show from my castmates and crew to the network on down. Number three, despite some silly guesses by some, I was not in Vancouver recently to shoot a new pilot. That was absolutely false. When I decide when I decide what comes next? I will let everyone know here, so stay tuned. I will always be a oncer. Thanks so much for your passion. Stay tuned and spread love. Hashtag peace. Okay, so it was a shock. Mm-hmm. Neil's death. Yeah, I know that he he was part of the fabric of the show. Absolutely. I know that he was important to Henry, to Emma, to the story, to Rumpel. He figured in many, many, many different parts. Absolutely. 
But again, I'm just going to say this. He was not the central character. And that doesn't diminish or lessen okay. the loss any in any way, shape, or form. I just want to be very clear in what I'm saying here. I'm not bashing anything. I'm not saying anything negative about this at all. It, like he said, was a very bold story point. Yes. I mean, they could have kept him alive and we could have had all kinds of things going on. But again, that was the choice they made. Mm-hmm. So, and, and and if he had been, I mean, let's let's also look at the this way. Had it been somebody like Snow White or Charming or Henry or Emma or one of the main, truly main figures in this whole story from the beginning till now, it would have been a lot more shocking than it was for them to have Neil killed off. I, I I'm I'm sad that he's gone, but that's part of the story, and it's time to move on. Well, you know, before you fire off emails and, and post to Colleen, let, let me let me say this. Okay, I'm a writer. I write a lot, mm-hmm. and writing is difficult. Writing a television show, I would imagine, is million times more difficult than writing a comedy bit or writing something. So, what Adam and Eddie have done is they get together their writers, they get in a room, they have a retreat, they pitch the the arcs of the season, mm-hmm. they sit down with the writers, they make decisions, they say, go write these episodes, because they don't write each episode themselves. Right. But they definitely direct the writers on decisions that they've made for the show. So with that in mind... It's already done by the time the show is filmed or filmed and edited and put on the air. Right. So at that point, it's far too late to say that we deserve this. I, I saw so many things on Twitter that I was like amazed at. People say we deserve this. And I'm thinking, you didn't write the show you love the show you're you you're invested in the show yes sure. you're a fan of the show but you didn't write the show you don't produce the show um again i'm not diminishing the passion for it right but it's just the, the certain things i i i've seen i i just it's hard enough to write but it's hard enough to write and then have this huge group on twitter after just bash you for decisions that you you made it's it's your show right I, I, well you know and i and i don't know if there were people who were demanding that they bring him back to life or not oh there's a petition to Which... bring him back <laughs> you know and and, and w- w- what i was saying is decisions that you make have far um acting repercussions and, and that's yeah. one of them is when you decide to kill a character yep. it has far reaching effects sure. emma no longer has a love in her life. Henry loses a father. And and what I'm saying is I understand the and pain. And loses his son True. again yes. permanently. I, I understand the pain that people are feeling. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't care. I do care. But but right. I'm saying that, that... And that's what I'm saying as well. They, they have weighed all this on their shoulders when they made that decision in a writing room months ago. Right. So. Right. And again, there's nothing that says we won't see Neil again in flashbacks. Right. But I wouldn't. I would not hold my breath for him coming back to life. Mm-hmm. 
Because look, these characters are written and dreamed up by the executive producers, the creators of the show. Right. They're the ones who ha- are going to dictate what happens to these characters and bullying them into doing what you want is not going to make a difference. I'm sorry to say that. I hate to be the one to have to, to kind of pull it that way because I know that there's some people who probably were just saying, look, it'd be really nice if, and I'm sure there were some who were more what I would consider bullying. So I, I think people need to understand. I mean, look, I was traumatized when they killed Charlie off, really. But and I was lost, gonna, right. and lost. Right. But I was not going to sign a petition to bring him back because, as much as I wanted him to come back, I knew that that was they had a different direction. You have to go through this. Right. Life is not all sunshine and I roses. Know. You have mm. to have these really deep deep, deep hurts in order to move on and grow and get to the next stage. Right. And clearly where they're going to take us is going to be pretty awesome. The The interesting thing though is, you know, like I said, you said bullying. I, I, I back off a bit from there, but when you, when you have people that saying we deserve, it's like, wow, that's not I really, I wouldn't consider that bullying. I would consider that entitled and, I'm so, again, I'm just going to apologize up front, but saying that we deserve something, we're not financially backing this show. No. So we no. don't deserve anything. We should be grateful for what we're getting. Now, if we don't like something and they go really way out in left field, I mean, like a whole entire storyline or, I mean, just completely not even close to canon at all that's a whole other ball yeah. game when they turn it into the, something completely different turn it into a reality show or some stupid crazy thing like that i don't know it, but but killing off a character is part of life people right. die and i i know that just sounds very harsh but people die and you have to grieve and move on now i'm 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 almost to the flip side of that but but i just want to say that the passion of the listeners of this podcast, mm-hmm. the passion of the folks that watch the show, Adam consistently says, I don't agree with you, but I love your passion. I don't yes. agree with you, but I love your passion. Right. I'm sorry you feel that way. I love your passion. Right. Because if there was no people that had passion like that right. to get a petition together, however you feel about that, right. that's what drives a show forward. Right. Unfortunately, you're going to upset some people. Mm-hmm. Every day we make a decision that we're going to upset some people. Right. Do you not make that decision? Do yeah. you keep moving forward and say, wow, I don't want to say that? And at some point, you're not going to say anything. Right. And then you're going to offend somebody for not saying anything. So, so the thing is this. The writers got together. The producers made decisions. They moved forward. They did it. And, you know... Then you have these paparazzi people that follow around Michael Raymond James, take photos, and then make assumptions about it, mm-hmm. and then start spreading things on social yeah. media. Yeah. I love social media, but social media does have a dark side to it, Sure, which is people say things, and people take it for, for truth, and then start spreading it around. And then they go back to Adam and Eddie and said. So-and-so said that you said, and Adam said, I never said anything like that at all. Right. But see, these people say that, Adam, or or interpret certain things. That's why it's dangerous to read Uncle Joe's blog. You know, it's like, well, I took, I saw a picture from... Steveston, and it looked like blah da da, and 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 I I think it's da da da. It's like well, but 
you, you don't know for sure. Right. I mean, right. I don't know. Look, I, now my understanding is he may, he may not have been doing a pilot, but I'm pretty sure he's done other projects. No. And who knows? Maybe maybe that was just misinformation, and that that's a very real possibility. However, regardless of whether he's busy or not, regardless of any other options, the fact remains that he, the character has been killed off for whatever reason. They chose to right. kill him off, and it's again, it's their their world, their universe. I mean, can you imagine if people had told George Lucas to not kill? Uh, Vayner. Well, yeah. Um, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine if people had told him, "Don't make, don't make Vader <laughs> Luke's father." I mean, right? Yeah, he would have laughed his rear end off yeah. and said, "You know what? I know where I'm going with this." Mm-hmm. So, so here's here's the flip side. Here, and when you saw Blue Fairy. Mother Superior mm-hmm. in the coffin. Yeah. Then she comes back to life. Right. That was really a bad move because I remember them saying initially, "Dead is dead," which they said for Lost. Correct. And when you start bringing back characters that are assumed dead, like Rumple, mm-hmm. like Blue Fairy, mm-hmm. then you do it again for Neil, and 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 he dies. Then everyone's like. Well, he's going to come back too. You you lose credibility. I, I I'm not hating. I'm just no, no, no. stating a fact here. But let's let's also look at the circumstances, and that's what everybody forgets. The circumstances of Blue Fairy's quote unquote death was that her shadow was ripped out. Right. She got her shadow back. She came back to life. Mm-hmm. So she didn't really die. Right. So in theory. In theory, on the island, on Neverland, if Greg's shadow had been returned to him, he could have come back to life, too. Right. Correct? Mm-hmm. Based on that assumption. Rumpel killed himself with the Dark One dagger, which means that he took on the Dark One's powers, but he already had them. And again, we talked about this circular reference here, which is really what that is. So he didn't really die either. He okay. ended up in like a purgatory type place. All right. Right. So, but so, but I so did want to bring that dead. up. They're not dead, and Graham is dead. Graham mm-hmm. has died. Graham right. didn't have his shadow ripped from him. Graham's heart was crushed into a million tiny little itty bitty dust like pieces. I'm not making light of of anyone either. we've talked about, either. but but I just want to say this: no one <laughs> fought like this for Greg and Tomorrow. When Greg and Tomorrow died, he was oh, like, yeah. "Wow, that Graham, was great." I didn't. I don't remember hearing petitions to have him True. brought back for Graham. I mean, and he, Graham was a beloved people missed character. Him and oh, all yeah. that. But 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 like we said before, I understand the full implications of Neil's thread in this story. He's sure. an important part of this story. But for some reason, the producers decided to kill him off. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now let me read a little bit of of this. Uh, Marilyn, one of our great listeners, she mm-hmm. sent in. Um, the link to the Hollywood Reporter interview, Adam and Andy discussed the death of Neil. Okay. The uh, the question to them was, he's really dead, right? And Adam Horwood said, the death is real and the character really died. Okay. That's yeah. it. I've already seen little discussions here and there of people saying, uh, we, we discuss the death and possible return of Neil. What? Did they not read that? 
And see, this is this thing of, of you know, the, the social media gives you power because it gives you a voice. But that voice doesn't overturn the producer voice. Sure. Sometimes the end is the end. And it hurts. And it's awful. I mean, mm-hmm. I was... I was sad Mm -hmm. because I I said, you know, a father, a son, a love is gone now. Yeah. That's sad. It's very sad. But but like you said, uh, we we need to swing out of this. We've already ticked a bunch of people off Mm -hmm. and I apologize for that. But it's just what I think. And that's what she thinks. Right. But, you know, bad stuff happens in life, even in a television show. Bad sure. stuff happens. We lose good people. We lose people that we care about. Yeah. So, you know, the the dramatic part of the story is how will the rest of the cast, how will the rest of the characters move on? Right. That is really the story of what life is. Mm-hmm. Do you stop when tough things happen to you? Or do you go through that and right. go to the other side? Right. What do you do then? What other choice? Did you learn? Did you grow? That's what life's about, and and so let's let's bring this in for a landing, and we'll move on. But yeah, I was going to say the nice thing for this is that you know, as tragic as this is, this is going to be real interesting, and they're playing with our emotions, by the way, sure. and they're doing a really good job of it because they're making people really unhappy and sad that he's gone. But again, I think the whole you know demanding that he be brought back, I think that's. I think that's uh I don't think that's going to happen but but I do think that it is going to make for an interesting what will the char- other characters do now what's this going to do to Rumple what's this going to do to Emma right. what's it right. going to do to Henry when he finally does get his memories back yeah what's it going to do to Be- I mean we already saw Belle was upset but what's it going to do to her right. what's it going to do to all of them you know and and you just never know. Yep. All right. I think we're in for some really cool stuff ahead. That's just what I think. I think so. And uh, our our hearts truly are with the, the folks that mm-hmm. are in, in pain over this. Um, but, you know, we need, we all need to lock arms and move forward. And mm-hmm. I, do, I mean that as sincerely as possible. Like I said, grieve and move on. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to some... Social media squawks. This here be the social media squawks. And that includes comments on the blog as well. Just saying. All right. First of all, I want to thank all the folks that use our little platforms and places and homes on Facebook and Twitter mm-hmm. and the blog to leave your comments. We try to make enough places where wherever people are comfortable going, they can leave their comments there. Yep. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash O-U-A-T podcast. And Genevieve left a little message there. She asked a question. Did anyone notice that Neil thanked Hook for bringing Emma back? Uh, do you think he sent the potion? That's a that's a good question. Interesting. I I don't know. You know, maybe he. You know, may, I don't know. Remember, we kind of talked about that. Yeah. Hook said he had the items. Yeah. He had the the ingredients, but we don't know who made the potion. Right. Maybe it was blue. I don't know. It's hard to say because we don't know. Yeah. All right. But that is a really interesting possibility. In case that was from 
Neil. That was Neil's thing mm-hmm. and knew that Hook was the only one who could possibly get to her. And Aubrey left an interesting note on our Facebook page as well. And the gist was, if Snow's baby is the heart of the Oz mm-hmm. equation, right? that it should be protected too, like Emma's. Yeah. Because again, it was a baby born out of true love. Right, right. So maybe it is, maybe their child will be more magical or at least as protected as Emma. So... I'm going to be posting all the entire comments that uh, are left on the show notes so you can uh, check those out there. So thank you so much for that. Uh, Aubrey also mentioned that the the little scene where Neil put the key into the stone Mm -hmm. on the area where the the blob of uh, rumple came up reminded her of Home Alone. Oh, and okay. at first I went, I don't know what you... And then I remembered this. I wash my hair with the don't form in the shampoo. And you scream, rinse for that just wash shine. I can't seem to find my toothbrush, so I'll pick one up when I go out today. Other than that, I'm in good shape. That. <laughs> so... Try a little bit of comedy, but that's what it reminded her of. Uh, uh, that's what it reminded uh, Aubrey of. When, okay. So. That's pretty funny. All right. So we move forward. Uh, Daniel left a note on our Facebook page as well. Mm-hmm. And he was mentioning that the, this line reminded him the king from Tolkien's Two Towers, the writers of Rohan, no parent should have to bury or outlive their own child. Mm. So, yeah, it was a very, very, very touching scene, and I, I think I think they hit all the right notes with that. They, you know, I, anyway. So, but that's what it reminded him of. Uh, that we're going to move ahead to the blog comments, and my left a comment on the blog. And she was mentioning how that Rumpel now made the right choice. Rumpel chose his son over magic. Mm-hmm. We see the exact same situation that we saw back in season one, Desperate Souls. This time around, we see character growth. Yeah. And he did. He had the opportunity yeah. to let Bay go again right? and keep the dagger. But right. he let that dagger go. Yeah, he did. And now, obviously, he's being controlled, but he made the right choice. See how messy it is? Mm-hmm. Making the right choice mm-hmm. is is sometimes is more difficult sure. than doing the wrong thing. Sometimes doing the wrong thing is easier. Right. But he made the right choice, mm-hmm. which now he is being controlled. All right. So we move forward to the next section. Hi, Captain. I see some email coming our way. All right, so I want to thank everyone for sending an email to feedback at onceuponatimepodcast.com, like Dan did. So he sent in an email, and he mentioned a couple of things that he wanted to share with us. And it was a nice CGI of Lumiere, but again, Mm -hmm. with the allow me to introduce myself. Uh, What is it with Once Upon a Time in the Stones? But remember, I don't know if you remember, back when it was the secondary episode about um, Red, 
and the mm-hmm. wolf and, and her mother and the family and all that. Mm-hmm. Remember that little room where they all kind of gathered? Yeah, the yeah. underground room? Yeah. Adam and Eddie said that that was influenced by the Rolling Stones. Oh, and interesting. And their travels in uh, the Middle East and huh. that kind of a thing. So it was that kind of hookah din, that kind of a yeah, thing back yeah, in very, the 60s. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of – it's very interesting. A lot of these producers love music. You know, uh, Scorsese carries around this massive amount of music, and that's what he uses for his movies. But, you know, you and I have mentioned before that they've mm-hmm. named episodes oh, yeah. about um, of songs. Song titles. titles. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So and That's not uncommon to do. Nope. Um, and by the way, the allow me to introduce myself was directly from the Disney Beauty and the Beast movie. True, because yep. Lumiere actually said the same thing. So it's doubly uh, yeah. Important. There was there was multiple mm-hmm. levels to that. Yep. So Zelina touching the tummy again. Uh, okay, now she's just creepy. And in it, <laughs> look, I'm a guy. Now I'm gonna say creepy. I'm gonna say dumb things here. But but there is something about a bald head or a, a, a mommy tummy mm-hmm. that people love to touch them. You know, I don't there know. There is a fascination, especially if you've never carried a child yourself, mm-hmm. with f- touching a, a human being that's inside of another human being. That's the, I mean, when you think about that whole oh, thing, know. it's I the know. creepiest and weirdest, most bizarre thing ever. But there is something magical about touching baby in the tummy in the womb because you think about it you're like you know that the baby if you if you really understand little kids i think are more fascinating because like whoa how does that happen adults who know what's going on with that think to them subconsciously i'm sure think about the baby's in water right it's not breathing air it's breathing it's literally like behaving almost like a fish because it's literally breathing Mm -hmm. in water right it's the most bizarre crazy miraculous thing ever yep and, and that's, I, I mean, that goes, for me, I'm fascinated if I see a pregnant dog. I want to touch and feel the puppies. I mean, right. there's a, you know, you don't get that opportunity because most pregnant dogs are not thrilled with anybody touching them anywhere. But, True. Um, but my, you know, my um, my horse, when I was younger, she had a foal. And I loved touching her belly mm-hmm. and feeling the bait, you know, the foal kick. It was amazing. Yep. It was one of the most amazing things ever. And she was really cool. She let me, you know, she let me do that. But it, it is one of those, it's a, it's a, it's a thing you, you want to know what it's like. And the closest thing you can do is touch. Right. There's also this kind of protective edge too. It's like, Hey, Hey, hey I don't know you. What are you, well, Hey, what are you doing? And that's the thing is you that know? I know that yeah. with a lot of pregnant women, yep. having a total stranger come up and touch you, or even sometimes people who you know, but they don't ask permission. Right. You kind of go. That was Whoa, I was dude. getting to. Yeah, yeah. That's why I never, I never touch unless somebody says, oh, "Do you want to feel?" And then I'm like, "Absolutely," but I will never unless it's a really close. Like my sister, I was touching her belly all the time because it was my niece and nephews, so right. I could, I could do that. But anyway. All right. So always ask first, folks. Yes, permission is always. All okay. right. So uh, Dan also mentioned that uh, pesky year of of forgetting things, and. Mm-hmm. The Regina and Robin uh, moment yeah. when she said, "Haven't we met before?" And it was just that whole. We've seen more of their story, mm-hmm. obviously, but they haven't, and so right. it's. Uh, I think more and more is going to be that way, and it does remind me a lot of the 
uh, breaking of the curse in these yeah. little flashes yeah. of memories that yeah. Graham had. and Graham specifically, so, yeah. yeah. That's what that kind of reminded me of because then yeah. I'm thinking to myself, is it possible Regina will recover her memories that way? Mm-hmm. Yep. And maybe nobody else will, but she will. He mentioned the hook with Jello, and I did take a look around, and it was a deleted scene that Hook had the Jello uh-huh. in the hospital. So I did remember something. And uh, it was green, Jello. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Green, Oz. Well, sure. So, anyhow, he wondered if it was Bay's uh, kryptonite. Uh, frowny face so uh, that is kind of an interesting thought kind of a sad thing yeah all right uh, so the next one bay and bell's forest scene reminds uh dan of the scene from the lion the witch and the wardrobe where lucy meets mr tumnus at the lamp post yeah so yeah i can see that uh and bay neil getting uh, his hand burnt was like joe pesci on the doorknob in home alone i don't have that that ready to go, but no, anyway, but yeah, it's the same that kind is of pretty a thing. funny. Yeah, so, I knew yeah. there was another one that I couldn't think of, but yeah, yeah. Raiders is the first one that always because of the imprint, because right. of the fact that Pesci's hand didn't have any kind of pattern on it. Like, yeah, it was just kind of it was just yeah, a roundish, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the tote. yeah yes. tote in mm-hmm. um, Raiders, yep. that was definitely mm-hmm. the pattern, which was yeah. And I think that was a great uh, tip of the hat too to them because sure. it was. Such a Raiders a great movie. Well, and it is very Raider like to go, you know, archaeological dig kind of a thing, mm-hmm. and using a key, you know, which is very mummy like as well. Sure. So Robin hitting on the evil queen whiskey yeah. again, and then the uh, tattoo. Uh, it reminded him of Monty Python's uh, "Run away, run away," <laughs> and so That's Robin's funny. left standing there, you know. He said he could think of uh, Liam Neeson as the bad cop in the Lego movie. Darn, darn, darny, darn. I have not seen the Lego no. movie, so I will let those that have seen it understand that joke. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I He mentions the uh, Lumiere, I am a French candelabra. Why do you think I have this outrageous accent? And so I will play this for you from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yay. And now I'll return you to Sumeria, 787. Hello! Hello! It is King Arthur, and these are my knights of the round table. Whose castle is this? This is the castle of my master, Guido Lombard. Go and tell your master that we have been charged by God with a sacred quest. If he will give us food and shelter for the night, he can join us in our quest for the Holy Grail. Well, I'll ask him, but I don't think he'll be very keen. Uh, He's already got one, you see. What? He says they've already got one. Are you sure he's got one? Oh, yes, it's very nice. Uh, I told him we already got one. <laughs> well, um, can we come up and have a look? Of course not. You are English type, sir. Well, what are you, then? I'm French. Why do you think I have this outrageous accent, you silly king? What are you doing in England? Mind your own business. If- All right, there you go. <laughs> 
So you missed the part, the best part where he t- tells him, "Go away, you silly English knigget." I know that. I yeah. love that. I, I was letting it play too long, I and I didn't want to get anyone no, upset right. with me. It's very funny. More upset than they are today. All right, so that is that, and he also had some. Uh, Things to say about nice laughs between Emma and Neil. Mm-hmm. And it's true. It, it was a nice moment. Remember how we talked about with Emma and Walsh? It was that happy Emma. Yeah. We normally haven't seen that. Yeah. Very, very focused, very not happy. Right. And it was nice to see them kind of trading little things back and forth. I almost married a flying monkey. Well, I almost married a minion of my, you know, evil grandfather, Peter, Peter Pan. Pan. You know, and and so, yeah, it was that was a nice moment. So Um, but uh, Lumiere saving the day and uh, and also the last uh, the final thing. uh, Dan mentioned that uh, what I wouldn't do for my son Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, talking about uh, uh, also Neil said he's going to be watching over you. Thank you, Papa, for showing yeah. me what uh, true sacrifice is. And, you know, as we get closer to Easter, that's what he said, you know, sacrifice and uh, taking care of your friends and making decisions about more than just you. That's mm-hmm. it's important. So yeah. thank you so much for that, Dan. Yeah. Really appreciate that. And let's go into Brad's email. Are Agreed. we in emails? Yes. Oh. we Yes. I just didn't hear the bumper for emails. That's why I wondered. I won't play it again, but okay, it was it was good. Okay, you're gonna love the comedy bit. I didn't mention it at the beginning, <gasps> just because I knew we had to go through some tough things. Okay, but there's a comedy bit about trouble and Storybrook Elementary School. Yay! You will want if if you've turned it off already, then you won't know I just said that. But hang in there, folks. There's going to be some comedy coming. Yeah. So, all right. uh, So it says, greetings, Jeff and Colleen. Here are the things I learned on the episode Quiet Minds. Number one, the secret to defeating Zelina is to tell Leroy she ate all the bacon. (coughs) You ain't kidding. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Leroy would take her out. Yeah. Dagger or no dagger. Number two, under no circumstances do you invade Regina's space. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Number three, or chair. Oh, Or castle. Yeah. She doesn't like any of that. No. She's very territorial. And if we told her that Zelina threw her clothes on the floor, can you imagine? (gasps) All right. We should tell her. (laughs) Yeah. We should tell her. I imagine some people will pass along that message. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Number three, a woman's eyes can even get a pirate to do what she wants. Oh, very Mm -hmm. much so. Number four. Attempted murder can be forgiven as long as there are extenuating circumstances, and uh, and a attractive smile on a face. Oh yeah, those baby blues. A little bit of scruff. Sure. Sorry. Uh, Number five. If Hook is selling books on Amazon is like new, don't believe him. You can't fault Hook for that. Mm, You know he's got a hook. He's yeah. doing his best. Yeah, yeah. Number six, Emma's Supermom breakfast was comparable to sending Aqualad to save the world. I don't know that reference. I'm sorry. It's like Aquaman's son. Maybe. Okay. I, I'm, I'm guessing that that would make sense. Number seven, Regina should be the new spokesperson for Jack Daniels. Ain't that the <laughs> truth? 
She would sell a bunch. She would definitely just, sell just a bunch. Just in that little clip alone. Oh. Do, it can between bring her courage. and Robin? It can, yeah. Her and Robin, that would be a great commercial for, for Jack. Yep. JD. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Anthony from Van Halen. Anyway. All right. Uh, Van Halen fans. I see you out there. Okay, think twice before using the bathroom in Snow's and Charming's apartment. That's true. <laughs> or you better go on a diet really fast because you'll never make it through that window. Yeah. Man. At Zelina, she's thin. Well, she's, she is thin. Works out. She does a flying monkey P90X. All right, <laughs> number nine. Uh, Zelina may or may not possess boxes of hair. That's true. You know, she must have it in a bag somewhere. Boxes and bags. Okay. Number 10. And all the Captain Swans fans said amen. There yeah, you go. Yeah, that's true. And then the Neil Swan fans. Was it Neil? I don't Neil know. Swan? I don't know. Fire Swan? Swan, swan, swan Fire. Swan Fire. And then all the Swan Fire fans said something else. Yeah, they did. We We won't say what they said. All right, some observations. Uh, they made a point in this episode to show the swan necklace to that Emma gave back to Neil mm-hmm. in the episode Manhattan. I felt this necklace is, is important and will show up again. A crazy theory I had that this necklace may be the symbol of Emma or Neil's heart that Zelina will need. Belle did not say, but it was... Belle did say it was born out of true love. So again, it's one of those totems that... Um, Regina was talking. Are you okay? I'm good. I lost a baby dog. Well. I think she's behind me on the floor. Yep. Okay. Just want to make sure I know where she she is. is. There she is. She's guarding you from the swarm of bees that are on the tree outside. Tree next door, yeah. Yep. All right. uh, When Dorothy and her friends went to see the wizard, he gave them items that symbolize what they were lacking. The lion, tin man, and scarecrow never had anything taken away from them. Right. Yet we've been attributing their personas to people in Storybrook. We never stopped to ask the question, where did the wizard get the items from? Could Zelina be collecting them for him, or is she herself the wizard? There are people who could benefit from what Zelina has stolen. Let me just brainstorm here for a second. Rumpel has been a coward for all of his life. Regina could use a heart that is not black to fall in to fall in again and Henry could use a brain to remember to fall in love again to fall in love again I don't know just some random thoughts what do you guys think Zelina tells her flying monkey find him beautiful one could it be the monkey means something more to her and I think it's Walsh because Walsh or a flying monkey called her beautiful. So they've kind of traded it back and forth. Mm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I threw out there that maybe it's like that genie thing. You'll yeah. love me and I know you'll serve me. So I'll change you into something that'll that control, control you. But yeah. yeah, yeah, there you go. That's what I think. Uh, the key m- marked Neil for death, just as the medallion did with Regina uh, for the Wraith and Prince Philip when the wraith attacked them. Right, right. Neil in quiet minds, Prince Philip in broken, and Regina in broken. I love the Lumiere character. He sounded great and definitely added to the story. I couldn't have asked for anything more. I really wish they could have done the same with Rapunzel. 
-hmm. We did see Lumiere back in season one, or at least an Easter egg. They wanted us to think Lumiere and Cogsworth in Skin Deep. Yes. Lumiere in Quiet Minds. And I remember we had seen Cogsworth. Mm -hmm. We talked about it. Yep. There was also a guy with kind of uh, parted hair on the top that looked like Cogsworth in. I think it was uh, King George's Marketplace, I think. Probably, Yeah. yeah. The scene with Robin and Regina at Zelina's country house was almost the same exact conversation he had in Witch Hunt before going down the secret tunnel to the castle. Mm-hmm. Check it out, Enchanted Forest. Regina, you think you can stop her if she tries to hurt me? Robin, maybe, maybe not, but I have to try. Regina, no, you're not. Robin, not coming along? I do believe I am. I can help. Regina, I didn't ask for help. Robin, well, that doesn't mean you won't need it. Regina, don't get in my way. Robin, oh, I wouldn't dream of it. Storybrook, Regina, you can't, you think you can bring down the Wicked Witch with sticks? Robin, well, I'm certainly going to try. Um, well, then you're, you've got yourself a partner. Regina, I don't remember asking for one. Uh, Regina, don't get in my way. Robin, I wouldn't dream of it. So it's very, very, very similar. Very similar. This prompts Regina to say, have we met before? Perhaps she's remembering slowly, frustrating, quote, Emma, what does Zelina want? Gold. What she doesn't have. Thanks for clearing that up, Rumpel. I know. <laughs> he's, but he's always mysterious. Yeah. He never, he reminds me a lot of Ben from Lost. Mm-hmm. They never get a straight answer out of him. It's always some kind of Yoda enigma answer. And you have to go. But it's always the truth. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy yeah. when you think about it? Burning questions. We found out that the first dark one was made from the vault. Who made the first dark one and why? Good question. Yeah. I don't know. Don't know. I don't know. Adam, Eddie, anything? Okay. Uh, Did Rumpelstiltskin lose his memories as well? That's a very good question. He remembered Zelina. Yeah. I mean, he remembered something. So, little the little baby dog, little first dog lady is... uh, now up and about and wanting attention. Very much so. All right. So Mai's email uh, said there'd just be a little bit um, I'm going to bring out here and there. Belle was her MVP of the episode, and she's never been a Belle fan before. And so she was kind of going through all the things that Belle did. Even when Lumiere betrayed her, she still saved him from the witch because she could have easily ran off, but she made sure to grab him. And I was actually telling Colleen is that Belle was a little bit, to me, kind of syrupy, sweet, too nice, too uh, believing and all this. Snow was that way in Neverland to me. She was this mm-hmm. good, good, perfect, believing hope and this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen a lot of those really kind of good characters. That, that show the good side of it. Like King Leopold was one of them. Just so kind right, and nice right. and good. It's just, it's a rare thing. So, but uh, Belle was that. And she brought up the, you know, discussion in the, in the gold shop, you know, you're going to stay. You know, because, well, you tried to kill me twice. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, and she was going through that hook. You know, d- admitted he doesn't apologize, and yet he's apologizing. He's on a path to change, mm-hmm. and he knows what he needs to do. And, you know, so that was kind of an interesting 
shift around, and he was ready. He was ready to defend Bell mm-hmm. to the death. Absolutely. When whoever was coming in that door, yeah. whether it was Rumple or anybody else, right? Anybody so, was going to hurt her. Yeah. She, he was going to protect her, which was complete opposite. Of what you know to kind of prove the point that he is. He really was sorry for trying to kill her. Well, not only that, but I, I do think Bay kind of made a switch in his brain. Remember just that exchange. He, I think that exchange really did a lot for for Hook, and I can't remember. He probably was thinking about that whole thing because he said all this this stuff we've been involved in over a woman, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And he was saying it's time to let it go, and maybe that's what he realized with Bell. Yeah, I'm going to let this stuff go. Yeah, I I'm going to change. I need to change, and I'm going to take care of her. Well, I think you know? he's i think he's kind of over Mila at this point. Yeah. You know, I mean, he right. got over Mila when he fell in love with Emma. So he doesn't need to avenge Mila's death anymore. Right. You he know, needs and, to protect Emma and do whatever he can to make sure she's safe, and he's going to. And, and I think he does see, he does see Rumpel differently now. And uh, Yeah, so. totally. All right, uh, so Mai brings out the funny scenes, Hook bringing Jello because uh, they gave him at the hospital Jello, and because he thinks it has medicinal properties. Because so. <laughs> he doesn't know anything better and doesn't know any better, because that's funny. As yeah. smart and as, as great as he is, we keep forgetting that these characters are hundreds of years old, theoretically, and live in a, a world that doesn't have the things we have, like Jello and cell phones and TV and things like that. Yep. So she uh, also is bringing up that that discussion about being a villain and and the dark magic to pay an even darker price. And this is my statement here: is that she um, is that perhaps that's what Neil did is paid the price, yeah, for magic, yeah, right, yeah. and you know we've seen that before. We've seen it's that the with the magic man, the Cora trade. We've also seen that with uh, Snow's mother. Yeah. So, I mean, there have been these, you know, if you want something, you need to give something. And unfortunately, sometimes it's a, it's something that nobody wants to give up. But anyhow, so anyway, and she also discusses uh, Outlaw Queen. She loves the chemistry and... uh, between Robin and Regina, mm-hmm. and then also the side note is how cute is um, Robin as a father? Seriously, yeah. oh, so, so very cute. Yeah. All right, and and there was some discussion about you know some fans did not like the basically trading one son for another, and and I know I'm 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 wandering on the thin ice. This is a thin ice episode here. Yeah, it is. And but. I, I'm I'm gonna say this is that you know we talked about it before is that Regina looking at Robin and Roland maybe is saying you know I've held back for so long mm-hmm. I've put up these defenses because I've been hurt and so you know broken hearted for so long maybe it's time maybe this is my destiny. Mm-hmm. Maybe Tink was right. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is something that I that is put before me that I need to pursue. And you know, some people said, "But Henry's her son." True, 
right. But, you know, maybe in destiny form, Henry is to be with Emma for now or for something, you know. And so, again, these are kind of, there's fairy tales and then there's real life. And this mm-hmm. is a mixture of both, yeah, I think. Sure. And and these are tough, kind of adult, big decision things. And so, you know, she's not trading one son for another. And I don't think that's nope. what the writers are saying. Nope. Nope. I think the writers are saying, here's an opportunity. Are you going to take this chance? Right. And if she takes the chance, then that's the character taking that chance. Right. I don't think there's any kind of underlying meanness to no. this. You know? No, I don't think so either. And again, I think we talked about this on First Thoughts is look, the whole you know, thing about seeing Robin and Roland, I think that shows her that if she does pursue something with Robin, because if he is her destiny, as Tinkerbell said, then she can have everything she wants. She can have a, right. a husband and a son. And it's not to say that she won't think of or love Henry any less because I know people who adopt, you know, kids left and right and they love them all the same. Right. But I I don't think that's the case. I honestly agree with you. I think that this is an opportunity for her to have what she wants all in one package, knowing that let's face the truth here. When Henry does get his memories back, even if he wants to spend time with her, it's going to be a part-time thing. Whereas with Roland, it's an opportunity to have a son full time to fill that. She's got both of them to fill that need for her. Right. And that's all, I'm you saying. know, the, the, the fact is, is sometimes people kind of read in their own feelings onto a character, but to be very honest, we don't know what the character really wants because we're not the character. Right. right. And, and you know, that's as far as I'm going to go on the thin ice. It, it's just, you know, we've had uh, issues with the writing of the show. We've had issues with certain things that have gone a certain way. Um, but at the end of the day, we have our, you know, we have our say. And then we we still follow the show. Right. You know? Right. So but- I, I understand the feelings. I get that. I understand that. But what I'm just saying is that, you know... And to be perfectly honest, we are simply voyeurs of this yeah. show. We're not in the show. It's not our real life. It's not our story to tell. We are voyeurs into this. Right. And we can't control what we see. We don't have control over that. We don't have control of these characters. It- so we have to accept what we, you know, how we feel about it. That's fine. That's t- And we can feel real feelings about that. But... We're just observing. We're observing this. We're observing the slice of life with a really interesting twist. Yep. That's why I like to look at it. All right. Moving on. Uh, let's move on to Marilyn sent us an email. Thank you very much, Marilyn, for that. She said she needs to remember to keep a box of tissues nearby when she watches once episodes. And that's true. Colleen needs one as well. Oh, dude. And maybe I do here and there. She also thought it was uh, interesting that only Killian suspected the tragic consequences of Neil's effort to bring Rumpel back. Yeah. He seemed to realize that only the darkest of magic could accomplish it. And even a darker price would have to be paid. I think that it was why we were witness to the unexpected bro hug Killian gave to Neil. It was his way of saying goodbye. And the 
Her first dog lady is playing with mama. I don't think they can hear her, but anyway. All right. So cute. the black goo that rose out of the dark one vault, which was no vault at all, and I'll I'll let that go. I wish it was a room. I wish it went down with the staircase and all that. We don't know that it didn't. All right. Uh, anyway, it reminded Marilyn of the X-Files episodes. There's a black oh. alien oil. And um, I do need to go back and watch Actually, the X-Files. Actually, you know what else it reminded me of now that we're talking about that? What? It reminded me of two things. The first thing I thought of immediately when I saw the show, and I didn't mention this, was, um, and I can't remember the character's name, but it was uh, one of the element demons in Ghost Rider. It was okay. the one who came out of water. All right. So he kind of had that drippy, watery look. He mm-hmm. wasn't all black, but I mean, at first when he kind of came out, he kind of looked that way. But he was very drippy and very gooey, um, watery. And then um, the other thing it reminded me of was the evil, and I can't think of the name of this character either, um, the evil oil sludge that was in um, Fern Gully. Mm-hmm. That came from the machines that were tearing down the forest. Okay. If anybody knows that, I've never. I don't seen honestly that. know, but it was Tim Curry. Okay. Tim Curry was the voice. Okay, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant actor. So, right. and he did a great voice um, of an evil, evil sludgy, and it was literally black sludge. It was that's mm-hmm. all it was was black sludge. Well, let's do the time warp forward to the next point. Hey, let's do in that. Maryland's email. It's just a step to the left. Yeah, I think the necklace that Neil returned to Emma is going to feature in whatever magic is created to vanquish the wicked witch because as bell said it was born out of true love the strongest magic there is uh, also the next point is the image of the floating head of lumiere looks very similar to the look to the floating head image of the wizard of oz yeah does and have that look about it if you've seen the oz great and powerful film that was really Kind of focused as well. Yeah. Same now here's another thing. little thing. I'm sorry that her little email sparked something for me. So if in fact it's true that the necklace was born out of true love, and Neil is the son of the Dark One, and Emma is the son is the daughter of Snow and Charming, and she's magical. Is Henry gonna have any magic in him? Well, that's a lot of people have been wondering about that for a long time. And so. maybe will he discover it? And yeah. that's what will be one of the things, because she's the savior. He's the son of the savior. Well, and be interesting. And this is the one. And this he is certainly got the lineage for it. This is my thought. I'm just adding this in. Is the one interesting thing about Lost is when everybody got to the island, they had a second chance. With yeah. this whole forgetting the year and all this kind of stuff, everybody has a second chance to be different. Think about this. A lot of people were taking Adam and Eddie to task of uh, not of Emma not telling Henry earlier and all this kind of stuff. But if she lets it go, Regina does have another chance to change. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she does. Because her past would be forgotten with Henry. Sure. And that could be a good thing, right? If you've made a lot of mistakes and you have the chance to start over, that's what I'm really getting at. Yeah. So, and that's a very real possibility too. And everybody else, too. Uh, you know, Rumpel and whoever and all that. So right. uh, the final thing is, uh, Marilyn said, since there are no good delis in Storybrook, uh, where one can get a decent sesame seed bagel, one must assume that there are no characters from Jewish folktales residing in Storybrook. Hmm. Cannot wait to see Sunny's episode and the once's version of the high noon between Regina and Zelina. Thank you so much. Maryland for that email. Yep. 
We do have a couple of voicemails, and we're going to go long, but here is one from Big Brian. Hey, Jeff and Colleen. This is uh, Big Brian of Mousing It Up and the Walt Disney World of History and Postcards website. And I just enjoyed your latest uh, edition of the full show on the tower, the main show. And uh, I heard a lot of the other people, other other people's thoughts on who are going to be the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and the Cowardly Lion. Of course, it certainly looks like Dave is going to be the Cowardly Lion. And I, I, I kind of agree with the people who are saying Rumpelstiltskin for the uh, the uh, one that needs a brain, uh, the Scarecrow. <laughs> so that leaves who needs a heart for to be the Tin Woodsman. And just everybody seemed like I almost think almost everyone picked guys for that. And I, I guess I can see that as a possibility. In fact, so much having heard everybody else's guesses, I'm sort of second-guessing mine now. But I want to just put it out there just in case nobody else has mentioned it, because I, I don't think anybody did, that certainly Regina is the one that seems to be having problems with her heart, you know, dealing with Henry not knowing who she is. And I could see her getting tempted into taking her heart out and hiding it away and uh, Zelina getting a hold of it. So uh, there you go. That's my little thought on that, whether or not it actually pans out like that or not. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Anyhow, looking forward to tonight's new show. Bye for now. Thank you so Thanks, much, Brian. Brian. Yeah. And- Hey, anything's out on the table. And, and actually, if you look at some mm-hmm. of what's happened, I mean, the fact that Regina did take her heart out already and tried to bury it away and Snow talked her into putting it back in. Now with her in the most recent episode watching, you know, Roland and and Robin playing, I'm wondering if she's thinking it's too much and she may take her heart out. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't put it past them to have her take it out again. Yeah. And have her hide it away somewhere so that she doesn't get hurt, but then having Zelina somehow getting a hold of it. And then she would control Regina as well. Right. Very good point. So thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks so much, Brian, for that. And that's a very, very good point. Very good point. Um, Not only do we appreciate you listening, but also sending in your thoughts because it just totally (laughs) slipped our mind. Nothing happens in these episodes. And of the Once Upon Purely a Time episodes are, that are coincidence. Right. Someone burying their heart and then putting it back is not coincidence. No, it's so, not. Good on you, sir. Yeah, uh, Thank very you much so, so much for sending that in. Yep. This is a voicemail from Brad. Good day, mates. This is Brad calling in with my thoughts on quiet minds. The first thing that struck me in this episode was how selfish Emma was being. Now, it may be true that Henry was happy in New York, but it's not up to Emma to make that decision. Henry even told Regina how he wished he had more of a family. He spent his whole life in Storybrooke, and now it means nothing to him. Worst of all, he never even got to say goodbye to his father. Since we're on the topic of Neil, let's discuss his death. We've seen people come back on the show multiple times. The Blue Fairy, Daniel, August, Henry, and Rumpelstiltskin. But I think Neil is actually dead this time for these reasons. First, we knew that someone was going to die this season and would not be returning. We just didn't know what happened so quickly. Also, the awkward and heartfelt embrace from Hook felt like he knew what was about to happen. We also had a suspicion that either Hook or Neil would die before Emma chose one of them. 
Rumble merging their bodies together exactly a year before they return to the Enchanted Forest will also leave him absent from the forgotten year as well. And lastly, it foreshadowed perfectly with what Emma said to Henry about him dying a hero in the first season. The end scene, where Emma told Snow that Neil was dead, gave me deja vu. I almost expected Snow to say, again? I felt so bad for Rumple after Neil died. While the music plays, we see an up-close shot of Neil as Rumple is seen in the background, hobbling away on his cane. Forced by Zelina to just leave his son lying on the ground. For years he searched for his son, and this is how it ends. I'm sure he thought about the cost of being the Dark One as he slowly walks down the stairs back to his cell. You can see the remorse on his face as he says, Ah, Bay. Regina acted exactly how he expected her character to when confronted with the fact that Robin is her true love. In the end scene, while she watches him play with Rowan, I know the words of Daniel must have been echoing through her head when he said, Let me go and love again. One thing that Emma and Regina have in common is that they both put up a wall whenever they think there may be a chance for love so they don't get hurt. And last but certainly not least, we've all been discussing who Zelina's father is. Well, I believe that question will be answered in next week's episode, It's Not Easy Being Green. And I have an inside source here that would like to confirm it. Here he is. Hi-ho, Jeff and Colleen. This is Kermit the Frog here, giving you the exclusive that I am, in fact, Zelina's father. Does anybody have a dagger around here? I need a shave. Well, there you guys go. You heard it from the frog himself. Have a great day, guys, and take care. Thank you so much, <laughs> Mr. Brad. We, uh, we really appreciate that. Well, now, great now, thoughts. Yes, very much so. A couple things. Uh, yeah, the scene with Regina and uh, not Regina. Well, th- that scene was awesome. But Regina, uh, sorry. Once again, let's try this again. Snow and Emma, when she tells her that, you know, Neil died, you know, just hugging on to her, it was very much like a little girl who's lost her favorite, Mm -hmm. you know, friend or relative or even on a much smaller scale, like her favorite toy. And I don't mean to downplay what Emma was feeling, but it was just that little girl, um, you know, crying, I need my mommy kind of a thing. And that's what I, that was really what I was trying to get at is I need my mommy. Because she wasn't bawling and sobbing her head off. She was crying, and she was very, very sad. But this is, yeah, and the second chance for the family again. Exactly. It is. For Emma. It is. It's a second chance, like we said, for Emma and and Snow to reconnect again. Um, I will say this. Kermit may not be that far off. I don't know if it's (laughs) Kermit necessarily that's her father. However, wouldn't it be interesting if it turns out to be... The frog from the princess and the frog. What if she herself, you know, her mother was a princess? Uh, we're saying it's Cora, but was it really Cora? Was that a big fat lie? It'll be real interesting to see if they really do actually make her turn out to be. And that's why originally, if she's telling the truth, that's why I'm still convinced it's 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 got to be Rumple that's her dad. Right. But I don't think well, she's telling the truth. And yeah. so therefore I think her mother may have been a princess and her father may have been turned into a frog for whatever reason by somebody, some wicked witch somewhere else. I don't know, some other wicked witch. Who knows? It's crazy. But anyway, there you have it. And then I do agree that the whole thing of Emma and Regina are very similar in that they do right. tend to put up those walls when it comes to love. And I do hope that Regina 
lets it go and um, and gives in to the whole finding her true love with Robin. I mean, that's where it looks like the, where the story is going. Yes, so, and that would be awesome. The the thing I want to say is is Emma probably was selfish. But I would agree. But again, as the show plays out, we'll see how she has to pay for that selfish decision. Yes. To not uh, tell Henry right. about right. his father. All right. So speaking of Brad, as a segue, mm-hmm. Brad is a fantastic writer who we are working on things together. And uh, we know that not only does he do voices, but he also writes well as well. And he and I are working on promos and things. And I want to play you the newest comedy bit. There is trouble in Storybrook at the elementary school in Storybrook. Okay. So we're going to find out about that right now. Ah, yes. Thank you so very much for coming in today. As you are aware, our school has very high standards, and I'm afraid your child is causing lots of problems here at Storybrook Elementary School. We can overlook the tardiness, putting grease on the doorknobs from time to time, and the plastic wrap on the toilets. I realize these are mindless pranks, but this is just the tip of the iceberg. Every teacher in this school has an issue with him. Um, My boy's just trying to liven things up. Uh, School can be so dull sometimes. What has he done that every other student hasn't done? Well, how much time do you have? Your son has been very busy. For starters, last week the science lab teacher caught him releasing all of the crickets into the ventilation system. He said, and I quote... I didn't want those little green monsters trying to tell me what to do. He once had a cricket uh, as a a pet. He meant no harm. Then there was the hot wiring and relocating of all the staff's cars to Mr. Gold's used car lot down the street. I had to get a second job just to buy my car back from Mr. Gold. He likes to tinker with mechanical things, like his old man. Uh, <laughs> That's my boy. What a jokester. Geppetto, I don't think you're understanding the severity of the issue here. Your son is a menace to this school and the whole town. The English teacher found a real-life lemur hidden in his book bag. Pinocchio loves animals. He would bring them all home if he could. Such a silly boy. He changed all our flyers for a school field trip to the zoo and changed it to the island of Phuket instead. I I hear that island has a unique blend of colonial and Chinese architecture, along with uh, tangible quaintness, uh, which makes for a fascinating and unforgettable vacation. I'm sure the children would love it. He also has a complete lack of respect for our dress code. We've addressed it with him many times, but he still continues to wear that leather jacket every day. The gym teacher said he even runs track with it. He has a rare skin condition. He has to face school property. The reading teacher said he actually added a chapter to all our copies of Moby Dick. It now includes Ahab being rescued by mermaids and using a magic trident to get his revenge on the whale. It ends up with him opening up a shop called 
Ahab's Blubber Emporium, which makes him a successful businessman. Is this what you're teaching your son? Have you ever been chased by a whale before? It's a very traumatic experience. Uh, This is just his way of coping. Geppetto, when are you going to take responsibility for your son? We've also had an unhealthy amount of complaints from the women of this school as well. It's quite normal for a boy to feel attracted to a woman, but Pinocchio asked the home economics teacher to the dance on the school intercom with an inappropriate limerick. That is not acceptable. (laughs) Yes, yes, agreed. He should have asked her in person. The school intercom is not for personal use. What? Geppetto, (laughs) something needs to be done. He rides around the school on his bicycle asking women to hop on so he can take them to the best drink of water they've ever had. Maybe they look thirsty. He's a very considered little boy. <laughs> the last straw was when the woodshop teacher said that instead of building a bookshelf like all the other students, he's been crafting a full-size woman out of wood. Full-size woman? Seriously? <laughs> I never thought of that. I mean, it must have been that blue fairy and her evil magic. That's it. She put him up to this. Well, regardless of all the reasons, action must be taken for your son's behavior. Pinocchio, what do you have to say for yourself? Chicks dig me because I'm cute and because I make this pointy felt green hat look cool. And if that blue fairy would have kept my older body, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. I'd be the owner of Pinocchio's Pawn Shop, right next to Gold Shop, and also on the arm of that haughty bell. Even Ruby digs me. We've been talking a lot. Granted, she didn't know she was talking to a man in an eight-year-old's body. That's not right. She's an adult, and you're just a little boy. I know that. You know that. But my Facebook profile tells a whole different story. Hashtag, when you wish upon a star. You need to apologize to everyone and stop with the jokes, Pinocchio. The name's August W. Booth now, and I refuse to apologize for simply having a little fun. I guess that leaves me with no choice. From now on, Pinocchio, every day after school, you will meet with Dr. Hopper until your behavior changes. No, Papa! No, Papa, please! Anything but that! I promise to be a good boy! I promise to be a good boy and never be bad again! Curse you, Blue Fairy! There are no stings on me. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Trouble in the Storybrooke Elementary School. August, August, August. Ah, yep. What can you do? Pinocchio. Pinocchio. All right, so that is all. Uh, I hope that you you have listened to what we've said, and Mm -hmm. I think we've really understood all different sides of it but we've had our views that we've said as well Mm -hmm. so i want to send big love out to everybody thank you so much for listening however you listen to us and uh, i want you to take care and a new episode tomorrow and please if you have not taken our hobby survey uh, we don't need your email. We don't need your name. But please go to onceuponatimepodcast dot com slash hobby survey. All one word at the end there, and take our hobby survey. We want to know what hobbies you do, what you're passionate about, where you go on the internet, what communities you're a part of. 
where you shop, and what other podcasts you listen to about those hobbies. So thank you for that. Please do that for us. And tweet while you listen, and our first thoughts will be tomorrow. Yay! And we will be talking at you soon. See you guys. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This be a Roni's own media production. We want to hear from you. Our website be onceuponatimepodcast.com. Our email be feedback at onceuponatimepodcast.com. Our voicemail line be 657-333-0626. So tell other oncers that this be the place to be. Until we sail again, big love to you all, and we'll see you later. With me, good eye, of course. <laughs>